How's everybody doing? My name is Ben Lopez, aka DJ Lopez. Man, I'm so excited. Want to give some props out to Adrian Sarmientos for inspiring me, me with uh, podcasting. And so there's several areas that you can reach me at. I have a YouTube channel called Life Coach 180. I also have a website, djlopez.org. So I'm constantly producing content that just uplifts, that builds, that builds character. We examine just life in general. It's just real talk. And so This episode is a little introduction, but it's, again, real talk to kind of give you a snapshot of my heart and what I want to do, because my goal is to coach you up. My goal is to be there for you and, and to inspire you and to remind you that God has crafted somebody special in you. There's really nothing impossible, but the key is that you have to have a mindset And you have to have a heart check. And so those are things that we're going to be examining today and looking at it. And so a little bit about myself. Well, like I said, I've been an educator close to 25 years. And I've just seen countless of lives just transformed through the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so I'm originally from Philly, as you can tell by my accent. I'm a hybrid from New York City as well. Lower Manhattan. I grew up in uh, North Philly. And so there's a lot that... that God has allowed me to bring to the table, being an inner city kid, uh, developing this, this uh, mindset that there is a way out. And so in this first podcast, we're actually talking about this, this concept called the power shift. And so what I want to do is, is have these spot checks where we can really have this dialogue, you and I, and really make it personal. So recall when you had a plan and an amazing day and for some reason or circumstance it was ruined have you ever had a situation like that i mean you work so hard and all of a sudden one situation put everything astray do you believe and here's the big question do you believe it was a circumstance or how you reacted to it that ruined your day That's going to be very important to understand because you have to understand, one, how's your mind processing and what's going on? So right now, if you're thinking, well, it's probably circumstantial, that pretty means that pretty much means that circumstance will predict and direct your day like a compass. If you're reactional now, on the other hand, Um, it's the same, it kind of falls back in that same uh, bucket or circumstance, but it's how you counteract. And so what I want to do is, is kind of look at what the mission is. And so t today what we're going to do is we're going to examine how changing our minds will change our day. So that we can create mindful experiences by the shifting of our thoughts. The key is for you to know this when you shift your mental focus and when problems or circumstances occur during your day. So the goal of this lesson is to kind of be able to catch your mind about the shift and then power shift it. If that makes any sense. Because you already know that if you have a if you start to think about something negative, something that hurt you, your emotions will actually sway to that area. Now, emotions, they have no capability to think. They can only emote off of what your thoughts are. So if you have a good thought, you think or feel good. If you have a negative thought, then you're going to feel bad. And so really, this is going to be the whole key or thrust of what I'm trying to convey to you guys to kind of help you on that shift. 
So let's do it this way. Imagine that you're on, uh, let's say, uh, seesaw. Let's go with seesaw. Now, what's the reason why you've now gone up? Now, it takes how many individuals to be on that seesaw? Now, if you're ghetto like me, it might be like four, five, six, or seven, but usually it's two. And so in order for you to go up, somebody's got to go down. So imagine if you had circumstances on one end. If the circumstances are on one end are so heavy on you, it's going to make you go up. It's going to shake you. It's going to move you. And then if the circumstance pulls off, then you're just going to drop. And so a power shifter is one that actually can, can control, can counteract the situation. When something comes up, you're able to kind of like understand what's about to come on you and, and shift the, your way of thinking. And so, so I had a couple of situations that happened. All right, I was about to go to my in-laws. I made this CD, mixed it. I was, man, I was like, I can't wait to listen to this music and, and just take a nice little ride with the family and kids. I'm going to be bumping it in my ride. And I couldn't find it. And so I looked everywhere. I was like, where is this CD? And finally, I realized I had my wife letting me know, reminding me the kids are in the car waiting. We have to get going. Here's a power shift. My mind was telling me, if you don't find that CD, you're not going to have a good day. Now, I had to make a choice. My choice in that particular instance was I didn't have a good day because I couldn't find my jams. Then, <laughs> excuse me, then I had this attitude problem on the way to my in-laws. My in-laws caught my attitude problem. They saw that in my wife, all because of a CD and a circumstance. And I know it's small, but consider that that's a lot of what we faced. Now, on the other hand, several weeks ago, I had a situation. Now, I want you to think of how I handled this. I go to a car dealership working on my car, just getting a uh, tune-up. And uh, the car advisor comes to me and says, listen, I just have to let you know that your transmission is about to go out. Here's another shift. So which way do you think I shifted? Was it negative or was it positive? I probably got you on this one because this time it was actually a positive shift. Because as I sat down, certain things were kind of coming up that I started to bank in. For example, when I was at his desk, I saw him listening to worship music. And that actually intrigued me. You know, I was like, oh, man, that's awesome. So I shared with him about Life Coach 180, uh, a little bit about what we do in ministry, and just want to encourage him. And he looked at me, and his eyes glistened, and he said, you know, this is exactly what I need to hear today because it's been rough. And I've been actually contemplating just letting go of the faith because every time I try to do the best I can, it just doesn't pan out. It just doesn't work for me. So in that instance of us talking, when he came back to me, and talked about my transmission, my thoughts shifted to him. They power shifted to him. And I said to him, I said, honestly, what do you think is so challenging with your faith? And he says to me, well, the problem that I'm having is that I take a step forward and I take 20 steps back. Think if you guys can relate to that, because I think we all can. And in that moment, I said to him, I said, do you have any children? He said, yeah, I, I do. Actually, one. And so my comment was, think about the situation with your child. 
if he messes up and lets you down in any way, do you stop being his father? And he said, no, he's my son. And I said, because you've messed up, does God stop being your father? He said, I never thought of it that way. And I said, let me let me ask you another question. How would you feel if you knew that my $5,000 incurred bill was just because of you? And that's how much God loves you. And so I, I looked in his eyes and I began to see the tears stream down his face. And so now you have two brothers right there in a dealership balling. And he was like, man, I, I listen, I got to go back to work. And I said, I understand, but um, there's something about you. And I explained to him, it's because of God. It's because of what he's done in my life. And so in that situation, you can see the power shift. You can see how I was taking these moments that were positive or, or these moments that could bring change. And I began to bank them. And so you have to understand your why. And so you have to examine the power struggle between your mental state, right? The problems you face and how your reaction determines your actions. The reason why you have to do this is because you got to understand if you focus on this, your experiences in life are going to change. So you, every day you got to train up. And so you have to understand that there is a power struggle that's happening with your thoughts and your day-to-day process. That's why if you're up and down, you really have to check what's triggering it. For example, if a fire alarm is going off, do you go to fix the fire alarm? Why is the fire alarm going off? Apparently, what's going on? There must be a what? You got it. There's got to be a fire somewhere. So what do you have to address? Of course, you got to address where the fire is coming from, because if not, your whole home is going to burn down. And that's what happens is that in our minds, we misdiagnose what's happening. And so everything around us starts to burn up. Our marriages, our relationships, our relationships at our jobs, our disconnection with God. And so there's a shift that can take place if you start to really internalize and realize, man, God has a way that he wants us to process and truly think. And so let's look at the shift. In Webster's Dictionary, it says, a shift is to exchange or replace by something else or a change that takes place. To change the place, position, or direction, or a move. So there's a, there's a movement change. Or to, honestly, it's simple as that, like a car, what you're doing is you're changing gears. But what you're doing is you're constantly shifting, you're constantly changing. Your thoughts are changing. I mean, literally from second to second, from minute to minute. But how do you control it? How do you change that where you can just stop and start the process? Where are my thoughts going? So what you have to do is to really look at, well, where have my thoughts been? What is it that I'm internalizing it? What is it I'm watching? Your eyes, your ears, those are all gateways. So depending on what you meditate on and depending on what you watch, what you start to do is you start to bank those and internalize them. And so when you need them, whatever you put in you is going to come out. A good example, I have a couple brothers that many love the Lord, but I know sometimes they, they, they struggle in some areas. And so what happens is, is over time when I'm around them, you can kind of tell their subtle ways because... What happens is, is that remember what you bank is what you release. 
And so a lot of times what happens is that an attitude or frustration happens not in the moment because there's something that you were bagging up that you didn't handle. And so those are the things that we want to address. So here's another example. Imagine there's a little boy. It's a very hot day. My man is super hot. And his mom says, son, I got this beautiful ice cream for you. Super sized double cone. And he sees it as glistening in the sun. And he starts to see those little drops of vanilla as it slips down the cone. And he's so pumped up. I'm salivating, thinking about it too. And all of a sudden he grabs that cone. And he's so happy. And he's just dancing back and forth. And then... It happens. All of a sudden, the cone falls. The ice cream slips off right to the floor. What's his emotional state? Well, you can imagine already, he's, he's hurt. He's upset. He's like, what happened? In that moment, nothing matters. It's not about a joy moment coming in or preparing you. That particular circumstance just shut him down. And so sometimes we can be like that. We can be like a little child that our ice cream falls off our cone and we don't know how to approach it because we don't realize, you know what? There can be another ice cream around the corner. And so the reality is, is how are you shifting the situation when the circumstance comes on you? And so there's this clip that I want you to listen to. And this is where a woman goes out of control when her pedal gets stuck. And I want you to pay close attention to how she reacts. And I, wanna, I want you to make that connection with your emotions and what's going on and how it's so important. Again, the power shift those thoughts to something that is positive, because if you don't, it's literally over. And so in this particular instance, you're going to see how the her lifeline in 911 was addressing what was going on. Uvalstad was heading home on Interstate 35 August the 19th when her accelerator got stuck, her car rapidly increasing in speed. All right, I know you're scared. Just calm down. Have you put your car in neutral? I can't get it to move. Are you able to hit your brakes at all? We're trying to everything. Police begin following her. This newly released dash camera video capturing the nearly 45 minute long nightmare on tape. At times, Uvalstad's black SUV speeding as fast as 115 miles per hour, swerving to dodge cars, going over the median. Not once, not twice, but three times. With one hand tight on the wheel, Uvalstad desperately narrates her terrifying ride to a 911 operator. Oh God, I have two semis. I'm going 108 miles an hour. Finally, that dispatcher tells Uvalstad to lift up on the stuck accelerator while also pushing down on her brake. It works. When the car finally stops, Uvalstad is shaken, but she's managed to avoid hitting any other cars, something she credits to that voice on the other end of the phone, 911 dispatcher Kelly Breek. I'm so glad to be hugging you. <laughs> Good Morning America was there exclusively Sunday when these two strangers met for the first time. Thank gosh she was there because, I mean, she literally was my lifeline. A friendship forged from the most unlikely of situations. I'm just so glad <laughs> you're sitting here with me right now. <laughs> me too. <laughs> Now let's equate that to our emotions. Notice how 
They go up and they go down depending on the circumstances. And she was fighting for her life. And I know it was a serious situation. But every day we're fighting for our lives. And our emotions want to take control and keep us there on the highway with that gas pedal going. And so there's a lifeline out there by the name of Jesus. There's a lifeline out there with brothers that are out there to support you and sisters. And so you have to reach out. And that's the first thing you have to do is you have to speak out. And so when you're there, notice she reached out for the phone. And so the other lady on the other line was able to coach her back in. And so our emotions can get stuck just like a pedal. And so we have to take that initiative to let's calm down and let's see how can we work our way out of the situation, depending and allowing others to guide us. And so this is what we're going to do as we unpack it. In Matthew, it says, okay, so I want you to go, go if you have your Bibles, you can go get them. If not, I'll read it for you. It's Matthew 8, 13. And then Jesus said to the centurion, he says, go let it be done, just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that moment. Now, what did Jesus say regarding the centurion's belief? To take a look at that. What, what did he say? If you remember that, if you don't, here's what we're looking at. It says, because of the belief of the centurion, Jesus' presence wasn't needed to have the servant healed. Now, we knew that the, the presence of Jesus is so powerful. I mean, he would just walk by. I mean, look at his disciples. Um, Peter's shadow was healing individuals. And so just by the laying of hands, you have situations where, where the woman of blood grabbed the hem of his garment. And so you see these transformational situations by the touch. But in this instant, here's a centurion man that says, Jesus, all you have to do is just say the word and he's healed. And so here's Jesus' reply. Because of the belief of the centurion, Jesus' presence wasn't needed and they were instantly healed. So here's our check. Your mental state will dictate your belief. Whatever comes out of your mouth comes from a belief system. It comes from your heart. And so if you're constantly projecting things that are negative, today's going to be a bad day. Oh, it's not going to work out for me. No, I have no purpose. Guess what? Those are things that are ingrained. It's like a record, right? For me being a DJ, if you guys remember the vinyl records, you can actually take the needle and drop it from song to song, but you have to either let it lift it up or allow the record to play. But here's the problem. You guys remember where you had like that favorite, that favorite jam and all of a sudden you kept playing it over and over and over, guys, in the same groove and all of a sudden it scratched. And so the record continued to play back over and over and over again. And you can never get to the other tracks. That's the way our minds are. If you're not careful, things that are negative, you're going to ingrain that negativity where it's going it's to actually cause you not to move on to the other songs that are probably your best jams. Who knows? Like you have one song that says, man, my, my wife is amazing. My children are amazing. Oh, this is the blessed life. Oh, I love my boys. I love hanging out with them. Oh, I, I love I love God what you have for me. God, you have a purpose for me. I mean, those phenomenal jams, but you can never get to them because guess what? You continue to have your record or that part of the record play where it's scratched. What God is saying is, 
pick up the needle and change the song, power shift it. When there's a negative thought that comes in, let it go. But prepare yourself to remind yourself of all those blessings that you have. And so let's examine the way the centurion thought. It says, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him and asked for help. It says, Lord, he said, my servant um, lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. And Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? Notice Jesus' commitment. Shall I come, my presence, who I am, and do what I came to do? But look at the reply of the centurion. The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell him to go and he goes. I tell him to wait or to come and he comes. I say to my servant, do this and he does it. Now, what action did the centurion make concerning Jesus' choice to go to the servant? Process this because this is going to allow us to make a strong connection about where we're at. If you notice the centurion, he had such great belief because there's an authority that he knew. Because being a centurion, he was responsible of many soldiers. So he understood the word dealing with authority. And so he knew, Jesus, you had authority. And all you have to do is say the word, just like I say the word. But you can say it in the spirit. See, the centurion was able to relate to this authority, and he knew that just again, speaking that word, it would be delivered. So the words that you say today will dramatically impact you. God is saying to you, say the word. Say that today is going to be a good day. Say to yourself, I am blessed. Say, I have the potential for greatness. I'm not talking about positive talk. I'm not talking about self-help. What I am talking about is having a transformed mind. In Romans 12, it talks about that, that each day you have to renew your mind according to the purpose that God has for you. And so the reality is, is what are your thoughts about yourself? I want you to think about it this way. You have, you have a choice. In life, there's a window and there's a reflection. The reflection is allow, it's gonna allow you to see yourself as you truly are, but it's also gonna have you associate with people that are similar like you. That could be good and it can also be dangerous. And so think about who you hang out with. Think about the choices you make. Again, think about those things that are internal that you are now making more intrinsic or bringing in you. Think about the window. The windows are the opportunities that you have to be able to go through if you could only see it. And so let's reflect. Why are your beliefs so important? When you speak the word, it aligns with what you're thinking. And so when you say, I'm going to have a good day, what that does is subconsciously, that's making a trigger. That's aligning with your spirit. You see, Satan isn't attacking what you think now. See, because you have two levels of thought. One is your conscious and one is your subconscious. What drives your day to day is your subconscious. And so, for example, when an individual has a lot of trauma, there's so much garbage that have been instilled that it's so hard to break away from it. For example, if you've, if you've always been negative or if you've known somebody who's always been negative, you can tell that they can start positive, but it always diverges back to like an Eeyore mentality. Oh, here we go again. 
you know and so the reality is what are you aligning yourself now what's in you is nothing that you can really bring out but what's out of you in the word of god is what you can bring in i want you to kind of marinate down that because think about it when you start to think about the plans that god has for you as we talk about in jeremiah when you talk about the purpose how he's how he's designed you and created you to be greatness it it shifts your whole understanding because you got to start un- under like i said understanding where he's trying to take you it's not so much how much you love god it's really more how much can you accept that god loves you that changes all that changes the whole entire game I mean it's like for example when you talk about the belief of trust if I'm holding on to some monkey bars right I have to trust that if I let go my father is going to catch me but if a child has never been caught think about the stress that they're feeling holding on to those monkey bars and that's what's happening to many of you the situation is you're holding on so tight you don't know how to let go and you don't know how to trust but what God is saying is is trust me today I'm asking you to let me go. I'm asking, excuse me, I'm asking you to to let go so that I may catch you. Look at the power of your thoughts. They trigger your emotions. Remember what we talked about earlier. Emotions, they don't have logic. They're only based on triggers. So if you think about something negative, it's going to trigger you to to focus on something that is negative. So start to to bank again things that are positive. Remind yourself daily Don't look at your alarm clock like, "Oh man, it's time to get up." You know, look at it as an opportunity clock. You have an opportunity now for something new. So when a negative action or thought occurs, skip the track and play a new song. Okay? Trust that God is in control and let go of those monkey bars. Remind yourself of your current blessings. So those are the things that you want to focus on and those are the things that you want to hold on to.